Welcome to Dogma and Devotion, the podcast that sheds light on the beauty and truth of the Catholic faith. We discuss a wide range of topics from the viewpoints of two complementary vocations of the Church. I'm Ashley, here with Father Dupre, and on today's episode we'll be reflecting on the Gospel for the third Sunday of Ordinary Time, Year B. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They, too, were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right. We have Mark's Gospel, and anytime I see... Uh, verses from Mark's gospel, I think of, we're going to get a whole lot of information in condensed fashion. Mm -hmm. And Mark is, of course, one of the synoptic gospels. That means it is seen alongside, let's say, in parallel with Matthew and Luke. And what you'll see in all three of those gospels are almost exact, I mean, verbatim phrasing and, and wording that uh, are shared in all three Gospels. But Mark has a way of just, again, condensing and uh, kind of moving through the the life and times of Christ in his teaching. And But what comes through clear here is just kind of like the whole mission. You know, this is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. And then it immediately goes to the calling, right, of the two uh, pairs of brothers, Simon and Andrew and James and John. And uh, I've got a lot from looking at this gospel with the first reading. And this is a good thing to know for our Catholics out there. When you go to Mass, you can always find, I'm going to, it's kind of a bold statement, <laughs> but I'll say you you can find a strong thematic connection between the first reading and the gospel passage that are being proclaimed at any given Sunday Mass. And it's a strong emphasis on repentance in the first reading for this third Sunday. And it's coming from uh, the book of the prophet Jonah. And we know the story. Jonah goes and gives a message of repentance to the city of Nineveh and the people uh, listened to him and his message was 40 days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed. And the people of Nineveh, they believed, they proclaimed a fast and everybody in the city, great and small, the word says, and put on sackcloth. They put on something uncomfortable. And when God saw by their actions, how they turned from their evil way, he repented of the evil that he had threatened to do to them. He did not carry it out. And so what I'm pulling and, and, and I've kind of for my own meditation from this gospel is the, the power of repentance. Uh, 
Um, it's it's kind of it's one of those hallmarks, I think, of being a Catholic. When you think of like, what do those Christians do? You know, they're into going to see priests that they trust with the worst things that they've done. Uh, you know, they pray the rosary, they believe in the Eucharist uh, in a very unique way, uh, but they have a relationship with God through their priest. Very specifically, they go to confession. And that's something that, you know, of course, being a priest um, has become a very big part of my devotional life um, in, in the years becoming a priest and, and now, you know, coming up on 10 years as a priest. There's a lot of um, talk of fishing and fishermen and things like that in this gospel. But I think if we really look into some of the words, whenever I see abandon their nets, um, I kind of go back to that repentance as well. Sort of like what net am I stuck in? And um, uh, all the, the things of the world that are just holding me in. And, and sometimes it just feels really good to be in that net because you're kind of cocooned in. But really, um, Jesus comes and he's like, abandon it. That is awesome. That is a great connection. Because what is it? If you just took these these verses here, it's just verses 14 through 20, the first chapter of Mark's gospel. They don't seem to fit. And it looks patch quilted together. And so the uh, it's they don't seem to flow um, into each other, but that's a great point that Ashley's bringing out. Uh, they abandon their nets, and I like to sometimes put a word in there to connect a little bit better. They abandon their nets, and they followed him. So, and then they followed him. Um, there, there is a fruitfulness from repentance, and you can see that, and the way that we actually go to mass. Usually, I would say in most parishes, at least over here in the Diocese of Lafayette, and I hope it is this way wherever you are a Catholic, that there are confession times offered usually before every Mass. A lot of the parishes here have it that way. Um, and what is the significance of that? You're going into worshiping God, but before you go into this time of worshiping Him, you're going to first talk to him in a in about your choices you're going to acknowledge how you've been caught up in a different net like uh, ashley's bringing out in this imagery and it's it's amazing how it really works i think about um something very beautiful that like as you go deeper into the the church's way of staying connected through the liturgy those consolations that are just oh so fleeting uh, you know, just way too quickly right after mass and watching the people try to hang on to them by gathering with each other. And they, they just have this sweetness of spirit that came from a fruitful participation in receiving Holy Communion. But what what laid the tracks for those consolations? Well, mass, if you didn't go to confession before one of those scheduled times, before the mass started, it mass still started with the penitential, right? I confess to Almighty God, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. It Repentance breaks us away from what we love more than God. It's also important to remember as a layperson that whenever you feel that need to receive God's absolution, that you're not waiting for 
these big liturgical seasons of the church where it's maybe promoted more than normal, like during Lent or during Advent, um, but that there, it's this ongoing conversion. So if we look back to the fishermen again, if you think about fishing and what it entails, it's a lot of patience. It's a lot of, you know, you might set your hook down somewhere and that's just not the place you need to be. So you kind of go back to the beginning and bring it back in. So by Jesus calling these fishermen, one of the things that we can look at is what is an attribute of a good fisherman? They're going to be task oriented. They're going to be patient. They're going to be able to adapt to get into new situations. I totally agree. And I'm thinking about the immediate fruits that people will feel when they go to confession. They are experiencing life new, life refreshed. They, you know, the grass is greener, the sky is bluer. They are able to recognize more of those open doors, more of those opportunities. They are not as hesitant to roll the dice on a kindness or to offer a word of forgiveness or understanding or receive someone's kindnesses, maybe to make reparation for something that they said or did that wasn't loving or kind. You know, repentance, it, it does that. It, it resets you. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, back to that connection with the first reading, you know, God is pleased when the people listen to Jonah and he accepts, let's say, their fast. And fasting is where we stop delighting the satisfaction. Uh, we stop delighting in our appetites, our bodily appetites, right? We suspend their satisfaction in, in the hopes of what? Giving a chance for our supernatural appetite for God, our creator, uh, to to find its goal, right? To to find its satisfaction, and you know, until our hearts rest in Him, you know, we're restless. So the Lord is. Why does He accept it? Because our hearts are finally able to see Him. They're finally um, at rest. They're not in a frenzy, and so He rests because we're finally resting. You know, He's satisfied. He's placated. Because we can actually see him and hear him better. You know, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. So cutting those heartstrings for a moment, and it's, it's automatic. The heart forms attachments so quickly. And that's just one of those things that those who are well-seasoned Christians, and they move in greater humility. They don't move in greater confidence in themselves and their ability to love God. You know, the Catholic way of repentance is the way of authentic Christianity, where I realize that, like St. Paul says, there is another law at work in my members, meaning, you know, his very body, his bodily appetites, you know, his belly can become his God and it can overrule and it can silence the voice of God. It can blind us to the presence of God in our midst. And so repentance is is that way of really coming to an authentic relationship of receiving all things from God rather than lusting after everything and winding up more empty. And, you know, also remembering that we don't have to do it alone. If we look back at the response, teach me your ways, O Lord. So taking these liturgical seasons like ordinary time to just grow and mature in our faith. Amen to that. 
And just to kind of top all this off, I, that's, I'll tell you this, in finding the themes in our Sunday readings, that second reading, sometimes it seems so far out left field, but with a little bit of prayer and sitting with those readings, you start seeing some deeper truths coming up. And that second reading for the third Sunday is pretty potent. It's the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I tell you, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. From now on, let those having wives act as not having them. Those weeping as not weeping. Those rejoicing as not rejoicing. Those buying as not owning. Those using the world as not using it fully. For the world in its present form is passing away. We've been doing some statistical data as the church and noticing how and why are people continuing to come into the Catholic Church. And it's very, very fascinating to see that you see that the more traditional churches, the more traditional communities have uh, an appealing kind of uh, factor about them because there's something that contradicts and is... We know from the mystery of the presentation, Christ is to be a sign of contradiction. And what do you see in a traditional church and people holding to traditional values? You see something opposite from the world in its present form passing away. You see something unchanging and true. And you see something that your heart can actually find joy in instead of the world and its passing uh, mirages that we can chase and chase and chase as they keep passing away and never bringing us satisfaction. Well, people are discovering that and that this is not bringing me happiness. And then they find a refuge in the, the joy of having a relationship with Christ that doesn't change. And so you, anyways, back to this language here that St. Paul is using, those buying is not owning, those using the world is not using it fully. Break away from your way of interacting with it. Are you possessed by your possessions? You know, that's what it's really getting to. Um, and that, that act of repentance, right? Uh, checking your screen time on your phone, checking to see how much time is spent buying and selling, you know, how much time is spent on Amazon, eBay, Facebook marketplace, how much of my heart is invested in these things. And so how can I move through this world in a way where it's fixed on God? Abandon your nets, abandon your nets and follow Christ. Amen. You want to close this in prayer? Let's do that in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Lord, we always come to you with souls that cannot hold the things that we sometimes fall in love with to a greater degree than the way we should be loving you. Lord, we ask that you help us to clean the inside of our cups, that we may receive you, we may hold you, and be made holy by your presence, Lord. We ask this in your holy and precious name, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We'll return for our next episode with the gospel for the fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time.